Welcome to the Moms on the Level podcast, brought to you by Next Level Moms, real, authentic, honest conversations about being a mom and more. And here is your host, Faye Morgan. Welcome. We are so happy to have you with us today. Today's conversation promises to be a wild ride. Here with me today is Anna Anselma, my precious friend and ministry partner, the founder of Social Mind Center. She has two amazing kids, an awesome husband, and I adore her dearly. And wow, do we have a treat for you. In the house today is Jackie Kendall. Y'all, you don't get more real, authentic, and honest than this amazing lady. Jackie is the president of Power to Grow Ministries. She has ministered through teaching and counseling for more than 30 years. She readily admits to being a fellow struggler and sees transparency as the most important link in personal growth towards Christ. In 1997, Jackie co-authored the best-selling book for single women, Lady in Waiting, which I read a few times. Since then, Jackie has written more life-changing books, including The Mentoring Mom, 11 Ways to Model Christ for Your Child, Free Yourself to Love, The Liberating Power of Forgiveness, and my personal favorite, her latest book, Surrender Your Junior God Batch, Every Woman's Battle with Control. Ladies, if you haven't read it, go get it today. So thank you, Jackie, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I actually just was Googling something when you were talking. I'm like, yes, I was right. Okay. Um, to, well, I'm just glad to be here. Authentically glad. <laughs> glad to be a part of it. Glad to see. I'm glad I'm looking at you guys because I think I'd have a hard time talking and not seeing your faces. So yay for Anna. Yay for Faye. Oh, uh, well, thanks, Jackie. Anna, um, I know you want to say hello to Jackie, so Hi, Jackie. Um, let's write in. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. You always make me feel like I have it way more together than I do, so I appreciate yeah. that. Mutually <laughs> encouraging each other, even when we're all three crazy. It's a ride. Yes, it's important. It's That's important. Very important. Well, um, so today we're going to jump right into a hot topic, stress. I know you've heard about this. I know it's it's all over. Uh, everywhere we look around, people are talking about stress. Today, we're going to unpack how to avoid suffocating stress. So let's start with Jackie. What is stress? Well, what is ironic is I asked Siri to tell me what she thinks stress is. And her answer, when I read it, I went, oh my stars, that is exactly what it's so true. And organisms, I noticed puts us all in the category of organisms, an organism's response to environ, environmentally stress. And I went, well, that's not a good answer. But I kept thinking, yes, a lot of our stress comes from the outside. It's not from inside us. It's what we're surrounded with, what we're facing, what our children brought home to us that day, what our husband, I mean, it's environmentally impacting us but then it impacts our internal part of our soul and that's when the suffocation can begin so a lot of people we're all under stress if you're married wife mother not married i mean it doesn't matter what your circumstances life greets you every day with some 
form of demand, tension, something not working out, that's normal. Stress is actually normal, actually, a normal experience. Doesn't mean you're not a great Christian, doesn't mean you don't love God, it means you have a pulse. Um, yeah, I, I totally can't imagine going through a day without some sort of stress coming our way um, because of your breathing. And I mean, the minute I walk outside, you know, maybe something's going on and my neighbors across the street, that's making me go, ah, what is going on over there? But, you know, um, I totally agree that our environment is very, very um, critical to how we handle stress, how we have stress and, and all of that. Um, so, but I want to admit, there are some people who are listening right now who think, well, you know, I don't feel like I'm that stressed. I don't get upset about things. Well, that's a personality conclusion. That's not always necessarily factual. It's the grid of that personality. And there's some people go, oh, I just don't even let that upset me. It just rolls off me like Teflon. Well, I have a person that says that all the time. Oh, I don't let that worry me. But she has one of the most sarcastic people I've ever known. And it dawned on me, yeah, you think it's rolling off, but it rolls yeah. into the soul and it comes out in sarcasm and what I call snarky comments. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, Jackie, because I recently I learned this, which was an epiphany for me. So my my job is I have to listen to people a lot. They're having some serious problems. So they come to me, their child has major issues. They're under a lot of stress, a lot of stress. Sometimes they cry in front of me. Sometimes they break down in front of me. And I always remain calm. However, however, a brilliant woman told me that sticks to you. That entire day of crying and people losing it in front of you, you carry it with you because it happened to you. Okay. So even though you remain calm, that takes an enormous amount of mental, emotional, spiritual energy, and it is draining. Yes. So you need to replenish that when you get home. So your family doesn't get that energy from you. I was like, what? I never even thought of that. I just listen, 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 listen. And it was happening to me that I would get home and I'm so tired. Yes. I'm exhausted. And my husband's like, why are you exhausted? <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I learned. I've been listening to people all day about their trauma and it's exhausting, mentally exhausting. So now we do stuff like go for a walk. Yeah. So, you know, to replenish my brain. Yeah. So I'm sorry, we had a hiccup there, but, um, it's all good. Um, Anna, did you want to ask Jackie something? I think that you were telling me that you wanted to ask her a couple things. Yes, Jackie, what do you think are some of the signs of stress? Just in case, like like me in this experience, I, I wasn't identifying the exhaustion as something that can impact you, mm -hmm. right, from my work. Well, if I could first, I, I have some examples, but... <clears throat> Anna, when you are listening to people, there's something to remember for all of us as women, whether it's your job 
or it's a dear friend, or it's your sister-in-law or your ex-sister-in-law, like whoever, when you're listening to people's pain, it's registering internally. Like you think you're just listening with your ears, but you're listening with your heart. Well, what's interesting is, and you weigh in, like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Or I would consider this. See, you're weighing in. You're giving what's called advised wisdom, like a judgment call. Like in a sense, I would do this. Well, what's interesting in Exodus 18, I mean, actually God almighty, wonderful Papa God, who knows how worn out his girls get. He gave us one of our brothers, Moses. <laughs> who was doing too much and his father-in-law shows up and the line that I got out of the whole passage of Exodus 18 was, he said, the father-in-law says, what you are, cause he was showing him all he has to do every day. He said, what you are doing is not good. And he was doing this work for God. And he's saying, what you are doing is not good. It's too much. And the phrase was, it's not good for you and those closest to you. So the reason you have to learn to deal with your stress adequately, effectively, which we'll talk more about, if you don't, it's not good for those who are around you. Like it's not good for your body, what you go through. Agreed. It's not, Agreed. It's not good for your hubby or your children because those closest to us pay for our stress. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Totally. So what are some signs, um, Jackie, that you think? Oh, signs? Okay. And people don't put this together. Like when they can't sleep at night and they think, what is wrong with me? I can't get to sleep. And like you try to think and you get frustrated and you actually get yourself more stressed out when you don't sleep. So you have to learn how I call it um, a heavenly insomnia, that if you're woken up, instead of laying there thinking of all the things you've got to get done that day and all the things that you didn't get done, pray right to everything that comes to your mind. Whether it's something you didn't get done, pray about getting that done. If somebody that kind of said something that now you're thinking, pray for that. Use it as a wake up call to intercede. And I'm telling you, before you finish praying, you'll be back to sleep. And I don't mean that a derogatory use of prayer. No. I always see being woken in the night. People say, oh, I can't sleep. I keep getting woken in the night. I said, are you praying about what woke you up? Like, what are you talking about? Pray about what wakes you up. So insomnia, depression. When a person is depressed, now, a lot of times people are depressed and they won't admit it because we all don't want to look weak because we feel like, oh, depression is a sign of weakness. No, it's a sign of a suffocating stress that's wearing that poor woman out. And she goes to throw her bucket into her well and there's no water available for the thirsty people in her life. So depression is a serious thing. But in Christianity, it's like, shh. All depression is, is faking it. How are you? Fine. You're not fine. But if you say you're fine when you're not fine, that's pushing the emotion underground and you end up depressed. We call it a low-grade fever. Another sign is snarkiness. And I mentioned that earlier. When people are bitey in their comments, um, people think that's funny. No, it's not. It's the snarky biter that's out there. The minute I do it, I think, whoa, reel it back. What am I not dealing with accurately? Because whenever I do it, I know I've not dealt with my stress accurately, which I'll show you in a minute about that. Now, some women get so stressed out that the silliest thing will cause her to cry. And you're standing there looking at her like, why is she crying? Because the present stress piggybacked on top of previous frustrations, heartbreak, tension, it's piggybacking. So it causes a person to cry. So you're either snarky or weeping. Another one, and 
if this is common for myself and my precious one of my children overeating i know this sounds crazy but i'm an emotional eater so when i'm stressed when i think of comforting myself oh man i could take a two pounder bag of m&ms with peanuts it's and you don't even correlate it like when you're eating it it's not because you're hungry and you don't correlate it with the stress if you correlate it pause before you reach for the goodies like wait a minute what am i so stressed out about go backwards a couple feet and you'll catch yourself see we haven't learned how to catch ourselves catch yourself self-examination know yourself like wow why am i overeating right now also another one i think is people who are incessantly now i know it's not about us other people i know who incessantly shop and you call them hoarders or Things are driving their husband crazy because they're always got their charge card out. They're always buying something, packing it in here, packing it in clothes. They've not worn yet, shoes they've only worn one. Why do we do that? That's how our organism responds to the pressure, tension, expectations that we cannot possibly fulfill. Without the external stressors become an internal taskmaster. And the taskmaster, like, get to the mall, get to the fridge, get to the movies, get to, I mean, you, it's always driving you somewhere because it goes inside. Because the when they define stress, they always say it's external. No, 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 no. It is external, but it has an internal impact. So you have to look at yourself going, I always say that to myself, am I eating because I'm hungry? No, I'm eating because I'm upset because that thing was supposed to be delivered today. And I, I can see the whole scenario as I'm eating. <laughs> I can reverse it. So that's just something I, some of the things I've noticed in women. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. Um, those are all really, really good. And I do want to um, just go back to that first one where you said about praying. I have started doing that. Now, by the grace of God, I do kind of sleep through the night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But however, kind of getting to unwind and that, I always feel like, well, if I just watch mindless TV, which I'm not saying that's wrong if you do that, but what I've started to do lately is to get in bed and I just start going, okay. And I don't really have, I, I, I kind of have a plan. I mean, let me pray about Scott first. Cause like, he's the one closest to me. He's right next to me. <laughs> and then let me pray about Hunter. Cause he's my first support. And then let me pray about Ellie. And I think I might fall asleep by Ellie. So sometimes the next night I change it up and I start with Ellie. <laughs> Or else she won't get any. But you're right, though. It does tend to calm you down. And it, you know, I think of that scripture, you know, put your cares on him. Yes. yes put them yes. on him. He can handle them all night long. But I need to go to sleep. <laughs> so um, you are demonstrating what Paul the Apostle, we all know the scriptures, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 where he says, be anxious for nothing. And what's interesting about that word anxious, when you're talking about, you aren't anxious, you're just trying to settle down. But see, there's a tension with anxiety that it's, it, they actually, if you translate it, it actually has to do with the, like a, like a sea that's the raging sea. So how do you calm the waves? Like I'll look out my window and like, today will be a calm day. Sometimes in my life, I have a calm day on the water, but other days, man, those waves are hitting the shoreline. It's so loud. So be anxious for nothing. I said, well, Lord, I'm often anxious about a lot of things, but he finishes, 
be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. So what you're saying and you're praying, it's an anti-anxiety experience. So to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, will allow you to move into attacking that anxiety, dealing with it immediately, like you said, cast your cares, 1 Peter 5.7. So you're, you're on it. You're not letting it overwhelm you. You're yeah. taking it. Yes. And I, I, I do that too. I've been doing that a long time. Um, when I started with menopause and it has started impacting my sleep Yes. and Betty Grant, which is a, a great prayer warrior that we know, she said, Oh, that is just an opportunity to pray. So just get to it. And, but, but I agree with you, Jackie, sometimes we have to pray, like I'll get anxious about my day the next day. Cause there's a lot of stuff on it. And I just stop. That's, that's the first thing I do. I just stop. When I start to catch myself, like you said, where my thoughts start to run and going, oh my goodness, how am I going to get all this done? That, that is not good. So I say, stop it, stop it. And then I just say, Lord, tomorrow, can you tell me which ones go first? Which ones go first? And mm -hmm. do, do any of them have to go? Because sometimes we think they have to go. They don't really have to go. They can just be postponed. And then somehow I wake up with the same mindset, Lord, what does the day need to look like for you? And it's amazing stuff starts to drop off. Like I have people canceling appointments. I don't even mm. have to do anything. People reschedule, things get canceled. It's amazing. And then my day reshuffles itself. And sometimes I have to do it, but more times than not, I see how God changes the day. Like that's not going to happen today. So don't worry about it. Amen. Yep, yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, okay, so we've talked about what is stress, some signs that you're stressed. What's up next, Anna? Do we have another question here for um, Jackie that we thought of? Yeah, what are the signs of suffocating stress? Right, right. What is suffocating stress? What is okay, this yeah. is when every day if you wake up, you're going to have stress. Every day if you're going to wake up, you're going to have anxiety. It's part of the fall. As you read in my book, Surrender Your Junior God Badge, I address Genesis 3, 16 and 17. And it says the woman will have increased anxiety, but the man will also have increased anxiety as he sows and works the land and all. So they're both promised a byproduct of sin is increased anxiety. So you go, well, hey, guess what? I'm experiencing something that's normal when it becomes suffocating is when you have it come into your heart, like whatever it's stressing you out, whether it's a child, a spouse, a good friend that's struggling, it doesn't matter, whatever it is. If you're not getting on it, like as far as Anna said about praying, okay, if I'm just thinking about it and mulling it over my head and wondering what I could do about it, but then talking to God later, no, I need to right then get on top of it because what happens, guess what? Something else shows up. And I call it the parade of horribles. Something bad was already happening. I didn't say on top of that, that something else shows up, then something else shows up, then something else. And guess what? You start to drown and listen to this first. So great. It's in Proverbs 12, 25, how I just happened to pick that one. Watch, listen, anxiety, which stress is just another word for anxiety. Anxiety weighs down the heart. Wait a minute, but a kind word cheers it up. So in a sense, your heart needs to be cheered up when you are anxious. So where does that come from? Well, let's look at first anxiety first. That's that fear, control, women in control. You want to make a woman anxious? 
move one of her ducks that she's lined up. She's got a whole day lined up. If I get this done by this time, this done by, you move one of her ducks out of line, immediately she's anxious. Well, what's interesting, it says weighs down the heart. It actually moves you into a sinking, you start sinking down where? The word translates sinking down into depression. Hang on, hang on, don't ever get a weird about depression. But what's interesting, that anxiety in that Hebrew word there, it actually means that agitated sea. So anxiety is agitating. Now, in a washer, it agitates to clean. And I think God allows agitation to clean us up spiritually. I think he uses it to provoke us to be more dependent upon him. I don't think it's like, oh, poor Jackie. It's like, wow, great fruit's going to come from this suffering. And so instead of being weighed down, when it says, but a kind word. See, that's why we need each other, to mutually encourage each other. All these women who are trying to tough it out alone, and I can handle this, and I can do this, well, that big old I pronoun is going to end up in the most disastrous, either snarky mouthville, or depression, or mall therapy, whatever it is, because we have to have each other. And let me tell you, you know who says you have to have each other? Not some psychiatrist, not Jackie. God says it. Listen to this verse. This is God, not me. Second Corinthians 7, 6. But God who comforts the downcast, he comforted us by the coming of Titus. God who comforts the downcast. Paul was talking about himself. Paul, the Trojan Christian of the century, wrote more of the New Testament than anybody. Paul said, God who comforts the downcast. So listen, this life's tough. Tough. Faith. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jackie, you just said a key word that sort of changed a lot of things for me. The word agitate. Um, if I can go back to when my mom was ill, uh, probably the last nine months of her life where her um, breathing was becoming hard and it was just, you know, her, her body was wearing down. And I remember her saying to me, what I thought was, what I thought she was saying to me is you're stressed. So you're so stressed out. You're so stressed out. And I would go, I am not stressed out. I am not stressed out. However, after she passed away and the Lord revealed many things to me, I decided to look up the Spanish word that she was using and the word that she was using actually meant agitated. Mm -hmm. She wasn't telling me I was stressed. She was telling me I was agitated. And when I looked up that word, that word agitated means troubled or nervous, troubled. And I was like, yeah, I'm troubled. I think you're dying. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I, yeah. Why is that so hard for us to admit that? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, and so I don't know, maybe people, I think, okay, the word stressed, I've learned now because I'm older and I'm more mature, the word stressed, sometimes people relate to weak. Maybe, I don't know. I think that maybe that's a possibility. So for me, I'm like, well, I try not to be stressed because I am not one that overcrowds my schedule. I am not one that tries to do too much because I have to have, you know, I will talk about this probably every episode. I have to have room for blue bloods in my life. You know, that's just me. You know, I have to have room for the fun stuff. So, however, so when she would say stressed, it would really upset me because I'm like, no, because I don't try to live that kind of life, but it wasn't related to 
how busy I was or, or anything like that. It was related to that. Yeah, I was nervous. I was troubled. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we just think that you have to be stressed to have something affecting you. No, sometimes you could just be troubled about it or mm-hmm. nervous about it. Anna, what do you think of that? I think you were mourning. And yeah. I think one of the things that I've learned this time around in reading, I, I just finished reading the Bible. I'm reading it again. And I really, God drew me to mourning because mourning is a process that we have to do. And I think our society promotes the avoidance of it. And mourning is part of our healing process. It's uncomfortable to be sad, but God is sad with us when someone is ill or something tragic happens. And I think in the Bible, you you hear them wearing sackcloth and mourning for days and fasting. And it's like, we eliminated that and we don't have a process to allow the Lord to heal us during times of mourning and your mom was dying and that is mourning and that is stressful. You, you know, you're going to lose somebody that you dearly love. And, and I think you hear that in funerals all the time. Oh, you know, you'll move on to what? That's the craziest. I told my children never, ever, ever say that. Just say, I'm praying for you during your time of mourning and loss and just zip it, right? Because I think our society is like, don't don't be sad, don't be sad. But sad is an emotion that God gave us for a reason. And quashing our emotions just causes more stress, trying to suppress them, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And you know, so, so we've identified stress and some signs and what it's suffocating us. It's just like, we just can't breathe. We just can't go on to the next thing. We just can't, um, you know, we start to be at a point where we're not coping. We're being snarky, all all of these different things that we talked about. So Jackie, I know that you have some advice for us on how do we avoid the suffocating stress? Well, you guys are so much has been shared. I'm sitting here taking notes. Um, I like the Spanish statement about agitated and troubled. That was all, that was excellent. That's further clarification, bravo, faith. Um, what, what is interesting is we as Christians don't speak honestly enough so that we can catch ourselves when we're getting ready to walk down a long hall of suffocating, you know, we're moving towards agitation and someone's not going, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Cause we are like, you can do it girl. We'll be praying. You got the faith, go for it. Like sometimes you're like, uh, stay home, stay in your pajamas, don't do it. And it's like, that sounds like, oh, well, if you were really spiritual, that wouldn't be required. You know, you wouldn't be struggling with that. Oh, I almost said a bad word. Anyways, I mean, not a bad word, but a rough word. Anyways, um, it's so amazing how I've always been complimented by people for being authentic. I said, well, you know what's sad? I get complimented on being candid, transparent. So that, what's that mean? The rest of us are afraid that somebody might find out we're struggling. So in a sense, we're living a lie. 
So to live in the truth, the best way to handle this is live the truth of it. Don't deny it's been a hard week. Don't deny it's been a frustrating day. Don't deny, because if you don't give pain a voice, you shove it under, shove it under, shove, that's when it starts to suffocate you. If you express it, if you talk to a comforting person or a comforting friend, sharing, bearing one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That is the law of Jesus, that we bear each other's burdens, Galatians 6.2. What's interesting is that verse I was quoting, but God who comforts the downcast, he comforted us by sending Titus. Titus means nurse in Hebrew. And we all, to be careful not to land in a condition of suffocating stress, tension, agitation, trouble, to not end, is be humbly open to the need of a Titus. Because I have people in my life that I think, man, I need to call so-and-so. This is tearing me up. But I think, oh, no, she's got so much on her plate. She's got, she's got more afraid of horribles than I do. So we do this, oh, no. So we talk ourselves out of the very thing that God would use as an instrument of comfort is a fellow believer. Now, we don't depend only on that. My time with Jesus, and that's what I want to share about, is that I've been stressed, agitated, worried, and troubled for 15 straight days. <laughs> and every day I get up, how do I handle it? I get out Psalm 91, I read through it again, and I write the verse that matches my potential suffocating stress. And then the next day, as things continue a little bit more difficult than I'm a little surprised, I get out Psalm 91, I read it again, and it's like the Lord just showed me, and this is the phrase I use, I am so loved, and yet I'm anxious. I am so loved, and yet I'm anxious. But what do I do with my anxious? Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. So my anxiety, my stress is making me a great prayer warrior because the word of God says pray without ceasing. And without ceasing is means literally no intermission, no pause. Now, what we do is we say, could we pause to pray? Pause, I've already been praying. Pray without ceasing. So this is what God gave me the other day to comfort me because I was feeling a little ashamed of the avalanche of stress that was about ready to take me out. And I was saying to the Lord, I can't believe you love me so much and look how stressed I am. And he's like, girlfriend, because my husband goes, why do you think about that stuff? My brain goes every minute. I have thoughts constantly, but it says, what does it say in second Corinthians 10 verse five? Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So this is what he's taught me. This is my new thing. I wish I could write a book on it. It literally says, every time I have a thought of something anxious, whether it's for my son, my daughter, my seven grandchildren, you know, whatever. I have an anxious thought. That anxious thought, I capture it and head to my prayer closet. So I just pray without ceasing. So I'm in my kitchen this morning saying out loud to God. Now my husband is asleep, but I closed the door so he wouldn't hear me. Because I knew this one, I have to talk out loud. So I'm telling God what I'm stressing about. And oh God, I just beg for mercy, forgive me. I know I'm loved, but please fight for our children in Africa right now to get this baby home. This whole thing, I'm telling them all this. And I hear a ping on my phone. I'm like, oh, it's early. I look at my phone. Of course, they're seven hours ahead. So my daughter's like, you know, thank you so much for that quote. Because I had said her something, encourage her. And God is on the move. And I'm like, oh. well, I can't call her. And I'm in the kitchen telling God, I'm just crying out. And I get a text from my daughter from Malawi. And so in that moment, she said, I'm getting ready to take a walk. I go, she's taking a walk. And I thought, maybe she'll box me. And the phone pings again. I put my earbuds in. 
and I got to walk with her for 30 minutes and all she could do is praise, 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 praise. And everything she said, I prayed about. I had been anxious. I took my thoughts captive and I could match every praise with intercession. Bam, girl, take thoughts captive, pray without ceasing. And so I'm recording a whole journal of praise, praise, praise. Now it began with a wrestling and a troubling for this mama. And when the some of the bad news came, my heart is aching. I did cry. So I grieved, I cried, I wrestled, but I prayed and I read the word and I'm a happy camper today, girlfriends. Yeehaw! Oh my goodness. That is a great story. And you know, um, I was jotting some things down and I just, um, I just love that. I just kind of put this together. So let me kind of, I may fumble through it, but so the first thing that I think that was excellent that you say on how to avoid the suffocating stress is don't deny. In other words, be real, like be real about it, right? Don't deny it. The second one is be open to the need of a Titus or a friend. So you need to be authentic. You need to be authentic with your friends and you need to, with your family and with yourself. And then the third thing is pray, take the thoughts captive, be honest with God, just be honest with him. He knows anyway. And I just love the way all of these three things just kind of help us to just just be real, be honest, be authentic. I mean, it, it's it's not worth it to to put up a big show, you know, and to put up a big, um, how, how do you say, like facade, you know? I don't know. That's kind of what I got out of what you just said. No, you, you don't want to be a polished pretender because I have wrestled on behalf of our children and I, I have woken in the night every hour and a half, every two hours, you know, and, and like, Lord, I don't want to waste this moment. What are they? And I can sense it. I, my heart is aching. You know, I can ache for my grandchildren, ache for this new grand one that cries in the night for a caretaker that they took her from, you know, they're adopting her. So, you know, aching for that. And God just said, you don't think I don't ache for that, Jack. I, out of a, out of a world of 7 billion people, I picked this one little girl for your children to fly all the way to Malawi and go through all this frustrating red tape to bring that little one home eventually. And we've gone vicariously through the whole experience. But what's great is the Lord, one night she was crying so hard. She was like scream crying and they do this moaning. They rock the little ones. Her two children are with them. My daughter took their kids with them because they wanted them to see where their sister came from in Malawi. And they're crying. She's crying. So she's telling me all this. I'm crying. And that's when I heard... That little girl is so loved already by this family who've been praying for her for three years, waiting because the pandemic postponed them going. And she's so loved, but she's so anxious and she's hurting. And the spirit of God said, that's you, Jackie. I love you so much, but you are hurting and it's okay because I love you and I'll sustain you. And so people are afraid to hurt. People are afraid to struggle. That's God's finest hour with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when um, we are weak, he is strong, right? It sounds so cliche, but it's biblical. <laughs> I mean, there's scriptures about it. Anna? And it's so important. It is so important to share the wrestling with our children yes. and to share the faith 
with our children. Like my daughter's in New York, so I am praying for her. Um, Jackie, I can relate. She's living in Manhattan. And when people come up to me and go, oh my gosh, there were all these murders in the subway. What about your daughter? And I'm like, Jesus has her. I'm good. He does have her. And my daughter will call me and she'll be like, mom, you can't believe what happened. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe it because I've been praying. And just like your daughter told you, mom, this and this and this, she's telling me, mom, this happened and that happened. And, and I got this and I was able to sort this out. And I go, oh, I'm becoming a monk, Gabby. I spent most of my day praying, <laughs> but you know what? It's interesting because the anxiety takes me to pray. So I was talking to, you know, I was talking to my therapist and she's a Christian and she's like, well, is it really anxiety or is it like a prompting from God that this has to go down? Like he knows this prayer needs to happen. So she's like, let's not call it anxiety anymore. Let's not do that. So negative. Let's just deal with that. You need to get onto your prayer. You need to stop whatever you're thinking and doing because like you were saying that whole stop stop it stop it take it to the yes and so when people tell me that about new york which is every day i have many people that are so nice to share the newspaper with me and all the crimes that are happening in new york <laughs> in case i'm not worried about my daughter already but i'm just looking at it as a prompting to pray yeah, a prompting to pray and you should say it out loud to them. Oh, thank you for the reminder to pray, which I do. Yes. Oh, yes. remind them to pray. Please pray for my daughter. Say, just say that to her. Please pray for my daughter. Yes. I think oh. yes. people, That's a great word. No, just pray for my daughter. When people tell you stuff that you go seriously, you want to stay serious, but you know, say, could thank you for reminding me. Pray for my daughter. Because I have friends who are all in this prayer chain for my kids in Malawi. And sometimes their remarks make me not want to say one more thing because they don't know part of the battle. It's okay to be battling. It's, it's okay. okay. It's like permission to be what I am, a mother and a meanie, yes. you know? Yes. Yes. And it's legit. And yeah. when my granddaughter was telling me how good she's doing, I looking at her and the spirit of God said, yeah, because Mimi is banging on heaven 24 seven. That's why you're doing good. And not yeah. a rest preteen going, are we still here? You know, that kind of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. God listens. He's listening and he sees it all. And he, and I gave, I, I do this all the time. I just, my children are gods. And I say, Lord, she's in New York. You have a plan for her and you got this because Manhattan is way too much for me. It's a God sized problem, right? It's a God sized problem. So, you know, it's like, you got this and you're going to take care of her. And I'm just going to be diligent about my prayers and submitting to you and to your way, you know? Well, this is, this has been so good. Um, There are so many good um, I don't even think that we can call them nuggets. I think they're like blocks of gold um, that were shared today. Um, so Jackie, we kind of um, are starting a tradition. Uh, we did it last time and um, this is our second podcast. And I always, when I envisioned the podcast, I always envisioned that you would be our first guest. And so I'm so excited that you're here. So I'm going to ask you this question. What has God done lately to bring you to the next level? 
Well, I feel like I'm getting a refresher course because sometimes God has to repeat some things that we did not learn as like you didn't get an A in the class. So I'm getting a repeat experience in the area of intercession because my mentor was a prayer champion. I would not say that of myself. So God is using my present every second of the day. I can think of something that is out of control that God's going to do. And I, all I do is grab the thought. I allow it. I feel it. I'm not denying what I'm feeling, but I grab the thought. I think of a promise that it goes with it, scripture, and then I pray. And it's like, I do pray without ceasing. I get prompts from the Holy Ghost. I believe my AT&T hookup is excellent in the area. I mean, I'll get a burden for somebody. They haven't talked to me, but I know God don't let her cancer come back. I mean, I'll just pray over it. They'll call me. My blood work is questionable. I already knew before she tells me. And it's like, I just obey the prompts. What has happened is this thing has almost choked me because it's constant throughout the night, hour on hours, because it's, it's there's some increased anxiety. I'll admit that. I don't tell it to all my friends. They're like, oh, I bet that's tearing your heart out. I'm telling God it's tearing my heart out. I'm telling my husband, okay? I'm crying with my closest friend, like you two would say to each other. Um, you can't always be honest with everybody because a lot of people start preaching at you rather than hearing you. They can't hear because they don't want a spiritual giant to be struggling. Well, that's when Papa God goes, how silly. The only perfect person ever lived was Jesus. So you're having a bad day. That means you're breathing, Jackie. You know, I'm outside the garden. I am. I have a treasure, but it's in an earthen pot. Pretty cracked too. So, and God's still using me. Glory to his name. <laughs> well, and aren't we glad um, that he is using you? And um, it's been so great to chat with you. I, I want to um, pause right here for a second because we've talked about prayer so much. Uh, my sweet and dear, very talented friend, Anna Anselmo, who's with us, just recently wrote a blog called Watch and Pray. Go to our nextlevelmoms.org site and go under blog and um, read that one, Watch and Pray, because she has some good stuff in there. You don't want to miss that. And as long as you're out on the internet, make sure that you visit Jackie's website, JackieKendall.com, and her YouTube channel to watch her balcony chats. They're so amazing. So any last words, girls, before we um, wrap it up today? Just remember that you are so loved and God understands who he's loving. He's not judging you. He's loving you. And he knows on your best day, your butt dust. That's literally what the scripture says. That's what we turn, you know, we're just, we're frail creatures rather than we're all trying to kid each other that we're not frail. God's grace is sufficient in our frailty. So that means I get plenty of it. <laughs> and prayer is always the answer. Mm, Never, yeah. not the answer. Oh, we should pray about it. Maybe we should pray about it. You should always pray about it. Always, always pray about it. Uh, well, that is a great work to end on. And um, I just love both of you. You guys are amazing. And um, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you to our sponsors, the Social Mind Center and Vicenji Adventures. Check out Social Mind Center on their website, socialmindcenter.com, and the Vicenji Adventures YouTube channel for lots of cute dog videos. Join us next time as we spend time together to connect, equip, and inspire each other.